We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, BMW Championship, DraftKings picks in preview. If you out there want to get into a draw for 20 DK dollars, give me your favorite play below $7,500 this week in the DraftKings system after you smash the like button and leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section. That easy. We're trying to get to 2,000 iTunes reviews before the commencement of the NFL season. If you haven't checked out any of the NFL shows so far, I mean, what's wrong with you? Give your head a shake. You can go do that on the DraftKings YouTube channel or up on my audio podcast feed, Pat Mayo Experience, where you want to rate five stars after you subscribe, leave your DraftKings handle, and something you like about the show. Boom, you're in a draw for 20 DK bucks. All winners will be announced on next Monday's show with Jeff Feinberg, the finale of the golf season, breaking down the Tour Championship. That won't be the end of Jeff. We'll have more Tim back on. Football's coming. Ben, are you, ben Ross is on the line from Osmo.com. Ben, are you ready for football or what? Uh, I'm getting there. Little by little, I'm I'm feeling pretty good. I've been doing some work over at Awesome getting team previews ready. So I, I think I'll be ready uh, come come September. Well, on DraftKings this week for the final, I mean, it's only 70 players this week in the BMW Championship. It's a no-cut event, but there's a $8 with a $8 tournament with a million-dollar total prize pool, and it sounds pretty enticing to me. But the one you want to play in, the Pat Mayo Experience Open, rake-free, $15 to enter, three max entry, the best tournament on DraftKings 4,000 spots this week it's almost like 75% full as we speak on a Tuesday afternoon so people want to go get in that very quickly you can find it in the description of the podcast or Facebook video if you have the YouTube video there'll be a link to get to the link because we don't want to be banned for life but get in that now even if you reserve your spot because you don't want to miss out on that plus yeah, I mean we saw fantasy national members kill it two weeks ago we had a few fantasy national members in the fantasy golf world championships last week and look golf takes two weeks off that's it and the swing season is really where you want to cash in by using the tools who are these new guys how are they playing that's what fantasy national is going to tell you it's a huge edge especially during this week more so during the swing season so get it now fantasynational.com become a member today ben rosa you we're in the fantasy golf world championships. I was. You had with Grio. It yeah. was uh <laughs> it was a weird one. I, I got a lot of messages from really sharp people just uh feeling my Grio Grio pain. I had a really good team, but obviously we all saw him miss on the number by being dead last around the green and second to last putting, the rare combination. But I did come in seventh, which obviously, you know, you can't complain about that, even though I am complaining, uh, because I was right there with a five of six. Yeah, you had the best five of six lineup, I'd imagine, of anyone in that competition. Yeah, yeah, one of the best, if not the best, it was up there. And it was just, you know, story of uh, you got to make it on the number. You got to find a way to make one of those putts. I really thought Grio would find his way in, you know, and then there was opportunities. You know, that's even five of six, uh, you know, Rory, Usti, they were climbing, just couldn't couldn't get over the top. I did have Reed, but overall, 
you know, it's certainly not the worst week I've ever had. That's for sure. Yeah, well, let's talk about this week, the BMW Championship. Like I mentioned, 70 players in the field, barring some withdrawals. Let's see if Tiger withdraws. I don't think that Rafa Cabrera was going to play, but hey, he might. He just had a baby. Maybe he'll use some of that baby swag and get himself into the Tour Championship Finals. Who knows? Next week, it's only 30. It's one of the, actually the worst DraftKings events of the season. That's why we made it 4,000 entries this week. It's almost the season finale of my DraftKings Golf Open. Well, there will be another one next week, but it probably won't be as big. And frankly, it's just not as fun. Like that year, everyone took Furyk and he withdrew. I mean, you're dead in the water immediately. Like if anyone withdraws on your team, even this week in a no-cut event, because you get all four rounds of that scoring to go. But Medina's, I don't want to say it's an unknown, but it's an unknown in this sort of play. We saw it at the 1999-2006 PGA Championship. Tiger won both. We saw it at the 2012 Ryder Cup. And there's a lot of guys in the field this week who were in that 2012 Ryder Cup. So what do you make of this course? Because there's a lot of right-to-left dogwags. It's super long. It's over 7,600 yards. And even some of the par fives, like you're just straight up not getting there in two. Yeah, it is pretty long. It's interesting, though, when you look at kind of how it's long. You just mentioned there's a couple of par fives over 600 yards. There's a bunch of par fours that are in that, you know, mid 440, 450 type range. Um, it adds up quickly, but... Overall, I don't think you have to be a bomber. I, I know guys will be hitting driver certainly here and there, but it doesn't seem like every hole you want to pull driver because you mentioned the dog legs. There's not a huge advantage on a lot of these holes for being aggressive. So does that lead you to what you said, not necessarily a bomber? Like when I did my waiting on Fantasy National, I waited strokes gained approach, strokes gained off the tee because, I mean, that's the two most important things you can do. Unless you're Griot and you lose the ability to putt, then give the finger to the ball, then you know that's a bit of a different story. I mean, that's really hard to project for. The guys that are good off the tee, unless you're Dustin Johnson on the two final rounds of the weekend, tend to be pretty good off the tee all the time. Approach kind of wavers a little bit. The good approach players are generally the good approach players, but I actually factored in more accuracy than any driving distance whatsoever because I think you're going to, not to say if you hit it in the trees because these are tree-line fairways that you won't be able to advance the ball. Friday, Paulie's on the course right now because uh, he's local to the area taking a lot of questions i asked him like what happens if you hit it in the trees and he was like ah it's a lot like riviera it's a lot like firestone like you're not getting on the green if you're in the trees but it's not a three yard chip out the other way unless you're directly stuck on like a tree trunk you can advance mm-hmm. the ball a little bit so i actually think that around the green is going to matter here a lot uh, along with driving accuracy you know coupled with that long iron play which a lot of guys are just going to be hitting long irons yeah, I'm with you. I mean, something like fairways gained, uh, you know, you want to gain off the team. Most of the top end guys these days, you know, when we look at the pricing, they just happen to be bombers, but I don't think it's a prerequisite. So if you're effective, even if you're a little back, you're going to be hitting longer irons, but guys are used to that. It's not a problem. And then timely scrambling is definitely going to be, you know, this isn't going to be a super, obviously birdie fest. It's not going to be brutal either, but you're definitely going to have to scramble in spurts. So I'm looking right now, I sorted on Fantasy National just by courses that measure over 7,400 yards. That's one of the easy filters you just click. It resorts the stats. I'm looking at T to green right now. Who do you think is inside the top 10 over the past 50 rounds in courses over 7,400 yards? Rory. Rory is number one. Yes, that is That's correct. right. That's because he's man. Then Rom. D- Dustin. Uh, Rom is not. It's Rory, Dustin, Ooh. Casey, Scott, Woodland, Hideki, Day, JT, Rose, Molinari are the top 10. Fowler is number 11. Yeah, I mean, Molinari is an easy example of what you're kind of talking about. He's not the longest hitter, but he's going to consistently gain off the tee. Uh, normally, I would plug Day in this spot, but I don't. I mean, we'll talk about him a little more when we get down there. Obviously, he dropped Stevie Williams. That didn't work. He's just been awful. Uh, been killing me for the last month or so. Yeah, I, maybe the caddy switch does something for him. Maybe it can't get worse. So, this but is, this I, is true. I don't know about that. And yeah, you mentioned you know guys like Decky. They're you know the long irons suit them better in some ways than a wedge fest. So that that does make sense when when attacking these longer courses. So let's talk about the players over $10,000 in pricing, because this is where I'm actually having the most difficulty constructing my lineups, because I'm not someone who plays 150. I'm probably only going to end up with one, maybe two, if I split it up of these guys, and there's six of them this week. And I'm kind of sold on one, and the other one I have a spot for. So you have Brooks, 11-8, Rory, 11-5, then Rom, Dustin, Rose, and Thomas, all in that $10,000 range, up to 11000 Obviously, I've been coming on the show for weeks saying how much I like Justin 
Thomas. That hasn't changed. Uh, again, he just lit it up with his irons. He actually drove the ball well. And hey, he made a few putts. He came T12. But you know, if he just gains two strokes putting, all of a sudden it's a great week for Justin Thomas. If he gains over two and a half strokes putting this week, he probably wins, doesn't he? I mean, he's been, yeah, obviously the irons have been on fire. Uh, and the results, it hasn't been a great stretch. But at the same time, 12th, 12th, 11th, uh, right in the hunt and just on the cusp. Just needs to clean up that putter, and historically, we've seen him get hot with that. It'll turn eventually. Will it be this week? I obviously have no idea, but I do like him. He's flat 10K. Uh, obviously, he gives you the most wiggle room. You know, if you are spending up to, for one of these six, you're going to have the most salary to spend on the other five. So who is it? I mean, every week you come on, you talk about Rory. You're addicted to Rory. Is Rory the guy for you? Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's been a weird stretch for him where – you know, fourth and six, but it feels underwhelming, especially Memphis. Obviously, Brooks dusted him last week. Uh, just not great with the irons. Again, he's putting pretty well, which is a little weird just because usually when Rory putts, he wins off the tee. Obviously, I think he's clearly the best. The guy that I have the most trouble with is Rom because talk about recent form. He's just unstoppable right now. Easily could have won last week, just consistently producing. So, it's tough. You know, like you mentioned, you can't take all these guys. I'd say I'd go Rory first if I was paying all the way up and probably Rom second. And then JT as a little salary saver, even though he is one of these top guys. Yeah, I look at Brooks, Rom, and Rory. They're all pretty expensive. And I'm just trying to project out ownership. I think all three of them are going to carry you know, a yeah. vast amount. You can even pair them together if you really wanted to based on this being a no-cut event. There are some guys at the bottom that you would think suit this course pretty well. You can match them up. Hopefully they make a few birdies. I just look at Dustin. I don't know what happened to him on the weekend, but I guarantee you everyone's going to look at that weekend and be like, Dustin has lost it. I'm not taking him. I think he comes in the lowest owned of these six guys. Yeah, I would say him and Rose are probably uh, fifth and sixth in ownership. And I, I totally see it. Obviously, it's not hard to make a case for DJ, but th- that was the most often lost I've seen him in a long time. Uh, every time, they, I mean, he was playing with speed. That's a kiss of death. But every time they showed him, he was just all over the course. So he, he needs to fix it in a hurry. Obviously, this hasn't been a great stretch from him. So I'm looking right now, I have it separated by 175 to 200 yards and 200 yards plus in terms of proximity gained on approaches. All four rounds at the Northern Trust, Dustin actually gained in both of those stats against the field. And that's a very competitive field. I think that's something to really look at. He normally gains in both, but he was specifically good from both those ranges. And he he's actually lost strokes off the tee in four of his past six rounds, which just seems mind-boggling. He still sits inside the top 10 overall in strokes gained off the tee uh, over the past 24 rounds. I think there's just a very compelling case that if you're going to have to outweigh, like you have to approach this like a WGC, that it's a no-cut event. You're going to have to leave money on the table that I don't have the utmost faith in Dustin because he's kind of, I don't want to say brutal. He's just not been Dustin-esque quality. And all these other guys have just been so good. You just mentioned it. Rom's on a heater. Rory's on a heater. If Brooks decides like he wants to play this week, he's probably going to win. Uh, Justin Thomas, we know the ball striking has been there. The uh, putting hasn't. With Dustin, it's just sort of a mind fuck to tell you the truth that I, I think that there is value in taking him here. He's cheaper. He's going to be lower owned. And if you just talked about ideal skill sets for this course, he has the ideal skill set. He certainly has the skill set. It's just really, you know, this is not one tournament. It's been a bad stretch for him when you look back uh, over the past couple months uh, since the PGA, really. So you, if the ownership is significant, if you're talking a third or something like that, then maybe I will make some teams and then just straight, you know, build them with Rory or Rom and then just straight pivot to DJ, leave the 700 on the table, obviously, or 800, and that would be unique. But overall, I really just think he is behind these guys right now with, with his recent form. So if that's the case, let's say we cross off Dustin. I'm going to take Justin Thomas. That leaves me with room for one other guy. Uh, I do think that Rory and Rom are going to come in plus 20%. I think that's probably a pretty good move that those guys are the most likely, I guess, you know, Brooks is up there too, but Brooks just never carries the same ownership as Rory or Rom, especially coming off. Not a bad week, but a non-winning week for Brooks that usually just like kills all of his ownership. Plus the price that he comes in. It's, it's a lot to swallow, but I think I'll end up fading Rory. I'll end up fading Rom trying to hope that neither one of those two guys wins and one of the other top guys wins. And that would just actually lead me back to Brooks and maybe Rose, because if we talk about the skill set again for this course, long irons, good driver, that's Justin Rose. I have no, I mean, I've been playing Rose certainly uh, 
and not not successfully though his, his just blow up at the open I'm still bitter from but obviously he is putting the lights out he's been doing that for a while now the irons are hit and miss honestly off the tee he's always pretty good nothing it's not in, in a Rory Rom category but it's good enough and he's also you know th- these are why these guys are priced up here another really good stretch of golfs from him hadn't really contended but you know third at the U.S. Open other than that string of top tens and whatnot gonna be one of the lower owned uh I have no problem with him. I just, it's hard for me to make him a priority given that I like Rory and Rom. All right. So you're going Rory and Rom. I'm going to go Brooks and JT. That's where I'm going to build my core around, but I probably won't go as weighty on Brooks, probably like 30% of my lineup. So six to 20, we'll have Brooks in them. And hopefully that's enough. So, yeah, I mean, right off the bat, like if, if that's the path you're taking, you have more options kind of as we work down, because you have more natural leverage. Like a lot of people are going to start with Rory or Rom. So if that is how I choose to do it, I'm going to have to be more cognizant as we work down to make sure not that I do anything insane, but I, I certainly can't just take the chalk as we work down or I'm going to be duped a ton. So, I mean, you could always just leave like 400 bucks on the table. Then yeah, that'll do it too. Yeah, it'd probably be pretty good. But yeah, I would say the most common starts are going to be Rory Rom, although that's super pricey. You're probably looking at one of those two guys and then Justin Thomas or Cantlay or along with Rory or Rom. I would say that's the most likely build to start. I agree. Yeah, I would say pairing them up, I don't think will be, I haven't obviously built yet, but I, I imagine that will leave you in in the sewers. So that's a tough ask. But I, I think one of them with, as you said, either JT or Cantlay, definitely gonna be a popular build. So in the 9k range, Cantley does kick it off. I'm going back to Cantley again. I know the elevated price is up. He made the most birdies of anyone in the field last week. Uh, although the stats weren't particularly good long-term wise, uh, they're very, very good. And he has been on a downward trajectory here uh, over the past little bit, but I still like his skill set for this course, especially the fact that he's gotten a lot better around the greens, because I do think that's actually going to play a factor this week. After him, it's last week's going to read Webb, Scott, Fleetwood. If there's another 9K guy to take, it does seem like everyone's just going to use Adam Scott again because everyone kind of does that. But Fleetwood and Reed seem to be the two that are just going to get overlooked here. Yeah, Fleetwood is really interesting. Obviously, uh, he should have got cut in, in a lot of ways, somehow survived. But you look at the stats, I mean, it, it was his worst iron week in a very long time. So bad that I think it's pretty easy outlier. I don't think that's an indicative trend. Struck it well off the tee. and. You know, this is a guy that obviously he was on a great stretch before last week. So I have no problem going to him at flat 9K. Cantley, he totally makes sense. I'm certainly bitter. I, I faded him last week and I thought that he did not, he didn't deserve uh, to finish where he did. He had a streak late with a chip in, a really crafty around the greens, made a lot of putts as well. So he needs to get back to his ball striking, but he is an incredible player. So I, I don't mind that at, you know, just sub 10K. It does look like Cantlay is going to be super highly owned, as are Scott and Webb. If you had to choose, like, are you going to play Cantlay this week, do you think, or would you go to a Scott or Webb at Chalk, or is this a fade area for you? Uh, I may have a little Cantlay, but cer- certainly not on my Rory or Rom teams. I don't really think that's a build that I want to get too heavy in. If I had to pick one of the three, it would be Scott and buy into that Chalk. I'm not a Webb guy um, when his price is up. I know he's been great, but just not for me. Honestly, you know, I like Patrick Reed. I, I was on him heavy last week. I don't worry about burnout with him. He likes to play. And obviously now he's in the hunt. So if, if he's going to be low owned, I have no problem trying to piggyback the win and see what he can do here. Yeah. And I, it looks like you might get single digit ownership on Reed too, with the price bump and people don't like to play players the week that they're coming off a win. Uh, he's never strung together back to back wins in his career before, but you know, very few players have. So Adam Scott's one that can like string together wins. Jordan Spieth is a guy tiger. They string together wins. Um, And we'll see if Patrick Reed can do that too. It just seemed like he hit his max in everything he needed to do last week. The scrambling was absolutely on point. It reminded me a lot of his master's performance to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, I absolutely. Um, And I've been waiting for that from Reed. Obviously it's building up and I'm not saying I love it. Honestly, I would rather play Fleetwood uh, and take a little savings, but it's just, you're going to have to be cognizant of ownership this week. You really are. Cause there's only, you know, 69, 68 players, whatever we get, you don't have that much room. Um, so someone like Reed, I have no problem. We saw, I mean, Bryson is another guy that I'd put with the guys you mentioned, obviously he, he can get crazy hot, but it's not like a couple, you know, people can rip off a couple FedEx wins in a row, no doubt. So 
If we go into the $8,000, actually, I'm going to go with Cantley and Fleetwood as my two guys from the 9K. Spieth kicks it off. It's really hard to judge ownership with Spieth now because if you're looking at any sort of advanced modeling and ownership projections of people who play week after week after week, they're not going to take Jordan Spieth. However, Jordan Spieth coming off like a pretty good week, tied for sixth, in a really good field amongst the public, I think that whatever you project his ownership to be, increase it by like 3 4%. So Spieth's one of those guys that I really think ownership, you see it vary by contest. I know a lot of guys, it varies by contest, but he's one of the main guys where in some of the bigger, lower end tournaments where there's more casual people, they like to play Spieth, they see that finish. I could see him creeping up. And then, you know, in in some of the other types of tournaments, people are a little hesitant because they realize that he can't strike the ball off the tee and he needs to gain eight strokes putting, which apparently he can do decently often. Um, not for me, obviously, but I, I, I'll be interested to see how much ownership he garners in all these contests. Well, right after him, it is Fowler, Louie, Xander, Finau, Casey, Bryson, Billy Ho, Hideki, Kucher, Day, Snedeker, Tiger, Ian Poulter. That's the entire $8,000 range. And the chalk right now is really sticking to Paul Casey is probably the highest owned guy. Hideki probably coming in second and Finau coming in fourth. That'd be my best guess at who's going to be chalk from the $8,000 range. Strangely, my favorite guy in this entire range is Ian Poulter at $8,000. Really? Yeah. Ooh, I thought you were going to say Sneds. I'm not going to lie. No, I just look at Poulter. He played the PGA Championship here in 2006, came inside the top 10. He led all players at the Ryder Cup in 2012 at this course. If it's going to be one of these situations where everyone is forced into long irons and you have to rely on your short game, I kind of like him in that spot a little bit more. He plays par threes really well. Uh, Putting's going to go up and down week to week, but he is someone who, generally speaking, is really good around the greens and pretty good on the greens once he gets on. And even when you look at some of his wins, they've been on bent grass in the past that I like the experience that he has with this course. There's very few guys that have any to speak of. He does. And he was lights out on approach last week. He was third in the field at the Northern Trust on irons. And if you can just keep that going, maybe not gain seven again, but gain like five. And if this is a course where he can just keep the ball on the fairway and that will gain him strokes off the tee, he gained strokes off the tee last week for the first time in like three months. It's the RBC heritage. If that's (laughs) going to be the case and he plays a draw. And I think that's going to be very important this week with so many dog legs that you're going to see some guys you know, dial it down off the tee to make sure they get to the right spots. It feels like Poulter can just hit driver. Oh, man, that's a pretty good case. I'm going to end up with uh, with some Poults. He, he was incredible. You know, obviously, I was looking over the the iron statistics from last week, and obviously, Usti, uh, who can't make a putt, was ungodly. But Poulter was right up there as well. So flat 8K, I mean, I, I, I'm going to be funneled to this position. I'm going to definitely need someone in the low 8K range, I'm interested in Bryson. Poulter, as you mentioned, I, I do think that's worth monitoring. The guy, I, and I just alluded to him, what do you think of Usti? 8,700, insane with the irons last week. I think this is a good course, uh, but I always feel a little risky trying to push my luck with a guy like that. Yeah, it's been three consecutive weeks where he's gained straight. I mean, if we believe the strokes gained from the open, which I don't really because they all seem out of whack, let's just say two weeks in a row he's gained – you know, over three strokes with his irons. He gained nine last week. That's not going to happen again. But he is consistently one of the best around the green players in the biz. So if he is missing, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. But the last time that he gained strokes in consecutive events with his irons was at the Genesis and WGC Mexico, 0.8 and 1.6. Before that, we'd have to go back to the PGA and Northern Trust last year when he was rolling a heater, came second and came 10th. Like, I just worry that this is now three consecutive tournaments where he's gained with the irons. It's going to flip back the other way kind of soon. Yeah. I mean, it's pushing your luck that he just hasn't withdrawn lately. Um, you know, I like him again. He, but the thing with Usti and we've, I've talked at nauseam about this during the year when he's popular, just the way he plays, I, I tend to come in under. And when he's three, 5%, obviously this is a 70 man. So it's a little different, but when he's under owned, I, I like to take shots with him because we we've seen even last week, uh, really nice ownership on that guy. And if he made a couple more putts, he would have been right there. So I'm going to monitor him. Obviously it's amazing to see Ricky sub nine K and not generating a ton of buzz, uh, really disappointing this cut last week. I don't have a strong take on him, but I will say I just am surprised that he's not garnering more interest just on the price alone. 
if you look at any sort of long-term form and how he would rate out for this course, it's kind of incredible. Like he's one of the best players in the field. When you just think about what Ricky does well, this is a perfect course for him. I think people are just kind of scared off by what they saw last week. But like I mentioned to Feinberg on the Monday show, he hadn't played since the open. Like it's been like a month since he played. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Ricky guy, obviously. I, I tend to think he's better than most people. I know got no majors as we all know. Uh, he just, you know, he needs to get this putter in order. It's not a speed level, but at the same time, you know, Rick, Ricky's going to do his thing T to green, but he needs to hold these putts. Uh, he needs to outclass them on the greens. Cause that's his formula. So, you know, he's on bent. I would really hope he can bounce back with the putter and have everything else follow. I probably get over the field on him unless somehow he steams, but I did want to, you know, 8,800. It really did stick out when, when I was looking at the pricing. Yeah, I have him around like 14 to 16%. I actually have Louie around 15% as well, yes, which I found that's kind of surprising. Cool, man. And that's it's, scary. And it's funny, like when you kind of put, yeah, I'm just looking at Fantasy National right now, and there's only been, let's see here as we do this, 5,287 lineups generated on a Tuesday afternoon so far. Uh, people have favorited Tony Finau 41% of the time. His calculated ownership is around 14%, but he's only actually coming up in 7% of generated lineups. That it feels like people want to use Tony Finau, and they see all these other options around him, then they don't end up using him. That can be, you know, a situation when, when you talk about how builds sometimes fall, uh, you get leapfrogged and there's a lot of names in here. And then, you know, if, if you start with one of those top guys we talked about, and then you take, say, a Cantlay, sometimes you just naturally are like, all right, I only have one spot. Let me use Casey or let me go and get Decky, something like that. So you have to be aware that sometimes a guy just is in a natural dead zone with a common build. Uh, I'm sure Fina will get his because he is popular, obviously not great last week. I, I was on him and couldn't couldn't make a putt when he needed to, but he, he should set up well for this course as well. It, it does seem like after the week off, everyone is just going back to Paul Casey. And anytime Paul Casey is 21%, probably not the week for me to use Paul Casey. Bad things happen. Yeah, I, I totally understand why people, you know, this should be a course again. Ball striker, keep it in play, do his thing. I just feel like in a non-cut, I'm going to try to probably be pretty aggressive and hope that he has a middling finish and there's a million pivots that I'll take my chances that they can hit their ceiling. And Paul Casey just has a, a solid week, but not anything that's going to derail me in GPPs. Tony Finau hasn't gained strokes putting since he came second at the Charles Schwab. He then missed three consecutive cuts after that Memorial U.S. Open Travelers. And it's still, even when he came you know, 23rd at the 3M, lost strokes. Lost two and a half last week, came 30th. Lost 3.2 at the St. Jude, ended up coming T27. It just feels like if he can get lucky on these greens a little bit. And historically, Bent is the only place where he generally putts okay that maybe it's a time to go back to Tony. Like I'm just trying to assess this entire $8,000 area. I told you I like, love Poulter. Maybe I got, like I had Bryson start. I had Hideki start, but maybe I take it off Hideki, put it on to Horschel and use Finau as well. Cause like Horschel was rolling with his irons and the ball striking until last week. And his irons just went cold. Yeah. And then he miraculously, uh, you know, just, uh, and then he makes that cut somehow by putting the lights out. Billy Ho living well, but yeah, he's. I I would rather take a shot with someone like Bryson, even with Decky. I know he's going to be popular, but to me, just a different class of player. Finau's tough because you know the uh, he was putting awful and he's been putting awful. The irons weren't there. They're starting to get a little better. Obviously, off the tee, that's a strength of his. So I'm cautiously optimistic, but there's a lot of names in here. You're not going to be able to get everyone in the 8K range. So you just really have to prioritize what you want to do. All right, so if we go with three from the 8K range, we're going to go with Poulter, I'm going to go with Bryson, and I'm going to go with Hideki. Those are going to be my three. I'm going to go with Bryson, Ricky. <sighs> Boy, I honestly, I'm you really sold me on Poulter. I'm, I'm going to put him in there. I, I think that's a really interesting play. Uh, hopefully this doesn't move that ownership too much, but I, I think you make a really good case for, for kind of what we want at this course with Poulter. Uh, well, thank you. So I look forward to losing money on Ian Poulter. Yeah, this is a kiss of death for both of us. But you, what about, I know we've just discussed all these guys. Do you have any interest in Tiger, assuming he says he's good? Uh, as someone who used Tiger last week, I can tell you <laughs> that was not a fun experience whatsoever. Not good. I, I would think that theoretically that he sets up really well for this course, having won it twice and what he consistently does well 
is what this course demands. Just, I don't know where he's at health wise. I don't think I can get there. Uh, it's just, man, to see him flat 8k, uh, that, that was appealing, but I'm with you. I, I would hope that I will say if he tees it up, I'd be pretty shocked at another withdraw. I feel like if he's going to withdraw and I, I have a feeling he will, it will be before Thursday. I would think so too, but and you don't want to get into a streak where you're withdrawing, withdrawing, but I, it would just be too hard for me. The fact that he was like unable to go last week, that all of a sudden he's going to turn it around and be a top five guy. I guess if anyone can do it, it's tiger it. And maybe it's a coward's approach. Like if you're not just after having the WD last week, it wasn't as important. I actually had a pretty good week. Uh, even though I didn't have Reed, I had basically like everyone else at the top of that leaderboard, but I don't know in this field, like it just sinks all of your lineups. Yeah. You're done. You're a hundred percent cooked. Uh, I'm with you. I think more often than not, it feels like you got to get things right multiple times. He's got to play. And then he's, it's not just if he plays, you're good. Then he's got to play well. He's not super expensive, but he's not super cheap either. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, a bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable with rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. I'm guilty of it myself. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to chat with a doctor online. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED, if appropriate, from the comfort and privacy of your own home. You can handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash PME and complete an online visit. If your doctor decides that treatment would be appropriate, they can prescribe genuine medication that can be delivered in discreet packaging right to your door with free two-day shipping. Guys, go talk to your doctor. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get checked out. With Roman, it's easy to connect with the doctor. Just go to GetRoman.com slash PME to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash PME for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash PME. $7,000 level. Let's just talk about some of your favorites in here. I like Ryan Moore. Uh, I said I wouldn't bet him at 66 to 1 because that just seemed like a really bizarre pricing for who he is. But I do like what, why is he, why does he have better odds than Shane Lowry and the same as Leishman and guys like this? It's because he's been ball striking out of this world the past two events. I, I can't get a gauge on whether he'll be popular or not. But if I talk about like the Ian Poulter type of player, shorter hitter, very accurate, good with long irons, good around the green. You hope he can make some putts. I mean, that's Ryan Moore. And if this is going to become a case where two of the par fives are not reachable to the entire field, that brings these guys back into play more because they actually play a lot of par fives with three strokes and they're used to it absolutely yeah that's that's the zach johnson when he used to be good formula um ryan moore is interesting i'm gonna go right below him uh to kisner that's just a guy that i've been on he's doing exactly what i like to see he's gaining with his irons gained five strokes putting last week that's a kiss formula just keep that going the distance won't bother him um and honestly molinari is 7800 i'm not super sold on him he's back to being awful on the greens yeah uh <laughs> But, you know, at the same time, his price is starting to readjust. He used to be in the 9K range not that long ago with guys of uh, this caliber. Yeah, I, if you're going to, like, target this area, I think that's an interesting strategy, taking some of the shorter hitters off the tee. Like, you go Molinari, Moore, and Kisner. Like, yep. if, you, if you wanted to start can't lay Justin Thomas with your team. You could afford those guys, uh, all three of them in your lineup if you wanted to. That I just If you're going to, like, stack skill sets together, I think that's an interesting stack to use. Yeah, I think people naturally, you know, they see a course 7,600 yards and they just think, oh my God, there's, I got to just take bombers, bombers, bombers. And that's just not the case. And like you said, the par fives actually, they're so long that it helps these type of guys because they're naturally, they weren't going to be getting there unless they were really short. So this is, it's leveling the playing field and they're more used to hitting, you know, those wedges. And then dear, I say someone like Rory, who, I mean, how many times does he have 85 yards left? to the fringe or to the left row. I mean, he can't stick it close with those short, short wedges. The one I'm really intrigued about, especially if they're just going to use driver off the tee and hit their fairways and just the fact that you know that they're going to gain strokes with their driver, regardless of the shot shape. I mean, answers coming off a second. We see this happen in the FedEx cup playoffs. And I don't, I mean, I'm just trying to look at the ownership projection for him right now. I, I would have a tough time wrapping my mind around what it's going to be, but I kind of want to ride the form with Abraham answer. Oh boy. I mean, he was 
fantastic Teter Green. There's no doubt about that. Obviously, you know, I'm not saying he's a good player. I don't think he's as good as, as most of these guys, to be honest, but he is playing well, um, strong, strong off the tee. Him and Kokrak are both there, kind of similar. You know, they're going to gain off the tee. Approach has been good. Obviously, the short games are a little sketchy. I worry a bit if the irons aren't as crisp with him scrambling a lot in a field like this, but I, I think there is some merit if, if you do want to go there, probably low ownership. Yeah, the other one I was trying to think of in that area is Morikawa that he was overpriced last week. He's probably still a bit overpriced right now at 7,900 bucks. Again, the same as Gary Woodland and Kokrak down there as well. Answer at 77. But if we just think about like skill sets for players, he had a bad week last week. Um, and maybe when you look at his strokes gain stats, they're not entirely indicative of how good he actually is because he piled up you know, a ton T degree at the 3M at the John Deere. He won the Barracuda. These are not against elite fields. But you're still getting a very talented player in this range. I, I do like you know, the Kisners, the Ryan Moores of the world a lot better than like Morikawa if it's coming down to it. But if you're just thinking about upside purposes, Answer and Morikawa are the two that really kind of draw my eye. Yeah, Morikawa, I think, is kind of a wild card situation. I'm more in the camp that he's, you know, I'm not saying he's not a good player. He obviously is. But it's just a different mentality uh, when you're not trying to shoot 22 under 25 under and you're beating up on, on these weak fields so I didn't I wasn't impressed he's another guy I know I'm a broken record and I'm bitter because Griot's the only one that missed on the number Morikawa should have missed that cut uh ended up getting to that weekend and not really rebounding he didn't do much uh, but he did find find the weekend so I'm more apt to drop down you know there's guys Benny on Sunjay Im um in, in the lower sevens if i if i needed to take another guy from this range so here's the problem with some of those guys because i too of course i like banan when do i not like ben the one week i didn't like banan he came in second or third or whatever it was perfect Th- thanks ben for showing up for never for me but for everyone else but projected ownership wise i got banan as like him and neiman are gonna draw a ton of ownership down in this range and so is sungjay those are the three guys everyone's going to and like i can make a pretty compelling case that Harold Varner might be the best of the bunch coming off the week he just had. Again, probably an outlier, the best that you're going to see of Harold Varner week at $7,200, but he's the best player in this field over the past 50 rounds in proximity from beyond 200 yards. Uh, And again, do you just ride a FedEx Cup heater with him? Yeah, I mean, he's in that bucket. Obviously, you talked about answer. He he was certainly in it. Uh, Missed a couple shorties late, and he really would have been, uh, obviously, in the mix, could have won Andrew Putnam is the other name there who he's kind of an anomaly to me. He can't gain off the tee, but man, he's an elite putter and everything else is really solid. I tend to still say I'll probably try to find a way to take maybe the lowest of the 300 of those guys. Obviously, if like Benyon's up in the stratosphere, that's going to be a tough sell. But if Im is in the middling, you know, popular, but not outrageous, I really do like him just compared to these other guys. Uh, Any love for your boy Sabatini? So yeah, my, yeah, my boy. All right. Um, not really, honestly, I just, I don't know. I, he kind of reminds me of Casey in the sense, I don't think he's going to play horrible, but at the same time, I think I can get by without going to him. Uh, kind of like we saw last week, he was fine. He made the cut 43rd. I hope that's what we see again. Yeah. It's weird that we talk about this range and all the players we're talking about. We don't talk about Woodland, Shane Lowry, Mark Leishman, you know, the good players in this range. Leishman, I mean, I'm, I was waiting for you to bring that up because I can't with him. I, I don't understand this guy is just, it's impossible. I, I swear to God, I, I, I jump on him. He was awful at the open. He looked like a great player in Memphis, then just disappointing once again. And I, I just have a really tough time getting a grasp. Obviously, we know he can get going, but he, he lost across the board. Nothing crazy, but he lost strokes everywhere last week and, and, and missed the cut you know, just not even competitive. I don't know what to make of that. Uh, the guy that I'm really drawn to, because the stats really like him, the one thing he cannot do, especially lately, is do anything around the green. So if he's not hitting fairways and he's not hitting greens, he's absolutely cooked. But Shez Reeve is $7,000. No one is going to use Shez Reeve. And he kind of fits the mold of these types of players that we were targeting. They're going to hit fairways. They're really good with their long irons. And they're not the specific skill set that everyone's going to target. And the results haven't been there for him recently, but the irons and the driving have been there for sure. Like he's eighth off the tee over the past 24 rounds. He's eighth in strokes game ball striking over the past 24 rounds. He's 13th in approach. Uh, the guy couldn't putt last week, but you know, that's, he's an average putter. He just sucks around the greens. 
Yeah, he's really, really bad around the greens. He's in the, in the Cheston Hadley whirlwind of that. But, you know, that, that's just kind of a risk within itself because you do have a, a window. Now it's a tough ask because these are small greens. But if you say, you know what, if he gets fire, maybe the course is a little soft, especially Thursday. If he can pepper, you know, rack up the greens, we know the rest of the game kind of fits what we want to do here. It's just a matter of how bad is the punishment uh, if he – isn't able to hold these greens or if the iron sister are a little off, that could be a quick death for a guy like Chaz. Last 24 rounds, no player in the field is better on approaches from beyond 175 yards than Chaz Reeby. Yeah, that's disturbing. I know. It's not, he's 11th and 175 to 200 and second from 200 and beyond. He's one of the few players that like actually meets up really well in the middle. The other one, I guess we'll go into the 6K range right now. Another guy that I don't think people are going to use, but I feel like, again, sticking with this theme of this type of player that we're using, I think Hadwin's super live here to have, not a win, obviously, but like T12. So that's the guy I was going to bring up. Uh, against Chez, 6,900, not going to be popular. Hasn't really been doing much. You know, you look at the recent form. He was fourth at 3M, but since then, not much. And the stats are kind of underwhelming. But when you step back and think of Hadwin, kind of in general, I like his game for this course. He can be timely with the scrambling. The distance isn't going to bother him. And if he can just hold his own off the tee, uh, I actually think this sets up pretty well. He can get hot on bent grass. And like I said, in, in a field like this, he really shouldn't be popular. Yeah, he is top 10 uh, in past 24 rounds and over 200 approaches. He's top 10 in fairways gain. He's top 10 on par threes from over 200 yards as well. We'll see three of those this week. You talk about a lot of the distance being made up in those longer par fives. The same situation actually occurs on the par threes. There are no short par threes on this course, and there are, three of them are over water. Yeah, that's dangerously insane. Um, you know, Hadwin's just, like I said, He's someone, too, that he can compete in a field like this. I know it's a stronger field, but he's shown that he can hang in. Obviously, you're not asking much. You know, it's a non-cut, but he doesn't need to to get in the mix to win. He just needs to be effective and outdo these other, you know, the Keegans of the world who are sitting right next to him. So I think that a lot of the ownership is going to gravitate towards three guys in the $6,000 area. One is Jim Furyk. The other one is your boy, Emiliano Grillo, uh, and Corey Connors at 6600 bucks. I think those are the three guys you kind of need to figure out. If you're in on all three of them, maybe figure out the one that you really like and use that guy. Yeah, well, you know, you, you should bring on someone who has more a more sane approach to this guy. I don't know what to say about Grillo. I know you're supposed to have a short memory, but I, I need the men in black you know, thing to wipe. It's just, I don't know how you can be that bad, uh, you know, around the green and putting. Obviously, Furyk, it's complete opposite. He just does his thing. He's another candidate. Those par fives, that's no chance. Obviously, he's reaching most of them. And this sets up perfectly. This is what he naturally likes to do. So I don't mind that. But at the same time, in a non-cut, Furyk, not exactly what I like to do. I'll probably look to get away from all three of them. I guess if I have to choose, it would be Grio again um, because I'm a sucker. And what can I say? But 6,700. I mean, when you strike it that well, you got to at least consider him, right? I, I think so as well. Like the, the guy that I actually like is sandwiched right in between them. I think that just no one is using Dylan Fratelli and he sets up for what we want here. He's very good off the tee. He's very good around the greens. Um, and I mean, he just won an event by losing strokes on approach. Probably wouldn't have to have to have that happen again, but he's someone that can light up birdies in a hurry if you need them. And there are birdies out on this course. Uh, you just have to be able to save yourself when things go horribly wrong. And he seems like one of those guys. Even if you look at Grio, you look at Connors, like they're absolute garbage around the greens. Yeah. Garbage. That's how I describe them. Not, not good. Um, for Telly, Yeah. He's such a weird guy. He's someone I've really been strongly on all year. The stats are all over, but he shows the flashes. Even last week, he was up there for a bit, then he obviously faded. But he can get crazy out with the irons. The putter needs to cooperate. Uh, looking down, I mean, we can't go to Phil, right? I just Is Phil going to hit a fairway the entire week? No, no I, can, I, I think it's pretty safe to say no. I like if I was trying to think of like, do I want a combination of guys that like hit the fairway can like and down here, you're just not going to find a lot of these guys that are you know, good in all these different aspects. Like Wyndham Clark's really good around the greens. 
Graham McDowell, I think, is super intriguing here. I, I don't even know what I didn't even hear his name brought up once last week, and he was a disaster last week. And maybe just not a coastal course. Don't use Graham McDowell, but the putting's really good. The scrambling's always really good, and he doesn't normally lose four strokes on approach and three off the tee. Yeah, I mean that's a guy. To tell you the truth, I you're right. I didn't even I barely knew he was uh, around. This is where it gets murky. Obviously, you know you're gonna if you pay up, especially if you pair up two two of those top guys. You're going to need someone down here. Uh, I, I would expect your boy, Siwoo Kim, will generate some buzz. He's shown some flashes. I actually kind of like... No, no? It, 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 listen, after he ended up going like plus eight, plus seven on the weekend, I don't think people are going to be bad. super... I don't think they're going to be... He lost eight strokes putting. I mean, he was... Look at these stats. Look at these stats. There's 70 people in this field. Here's how he ranks. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, look at that off the tee, right right in the top half. Yeah, well, he's, and, and he's 12th in fairways gain, so he hits the fairway a lot. But, like, he's just such a – I don't know. I, I bet him to win because I bet him to win every week. And I try to keep yeah, him as far away from my DraftKings lineups as possible. But he does seem like one – like, out of all these back-end players, like, who's the guy that can come out here and come third? It feels like it's him. I mean, it's hard to argue against – if you're just talking purely like win equity, top five equity, it would be to me, it would be him or Ryan Palmer. Uh, I like CT Pan probably the best, but that's because I think that he has more, more opportunity for like a top 20, which is I'll gladly take in this situation. I will say, Siwoo, did you notice how fast he finished on Sunday? Cause he, he had no one in front of him. That was a speed round. Yeah. He, he, uh, fin- he finished four holes ahead of the group behind him. Yeah, just flying through, uh, making bogeys. So this is what I'm looking at. Ownership-wise, what I'm looking at. Connors is going to be super highly owned. So is Palmer. So is Kevin Tway and potentially Keith Mitchell. People are loading up on bombers, man. That's what I'm saying. And that's I'm not saying that can't work, but 7,600 yards, people just naturally are, oh, yeah, Cam Champ and the gang. I, I I really don't see that. Can it be effective? Sure. Will I have some bomber stacks? Probably. But I'm not throwing out guys like CT Pan. Uh, obviously, Kevin Knott has withdrawn. Don't play him. But that type of player, uh, I think, could be effective. Even in a, in a field like this, looking down, there's not much. I was going to say uh, Lord Raiden with Domin, but I, I don't think I can do that. Yeah, like every time that CT Pan, he even lost strokes the heritage off the tee. The guy loses a lot of strokes off the tee, but he's good with long he irons. He's great around the greens, and he was good with his irons last week. He was, and and you just talked about he he's really crafty around the green, uh, can, and he's not bothered. You know, he's someone that, again, I I know this is the theme kind of of this show. He's used to hitting long irons. He's used to laying up on par fives. That's not going to bother him. It's just can he just be a flat zero off the tee? Can he just hold it together and let the ball striking take over? That's very interesting. Now I got to try to figure, I got, I got, I got Hadwin and Fratelli. Those are my two from the $6,000 range. If I throw one more into the mix, like, do you have, like like I said, Palmer, Tway and Mitchell are going to be pretty highly owned. Do you have any faith that Cam Champ may have turned it around? No, none. Nope. Literally zero. All right. What about, Um, what about Max Hama then? Yeah. More apt to say he he's, you know, Cam Champ being serious when I just look at him, I don't know what to make of it for a guy that, hits it that long you know he had a stretch where he was losing off the tee the putter's bad the irons are always bad I, I i can't get there uh max homa you know he he had a bad sunday he played with rory but he he was up there uh putted kind of well he's another one though you know you, you talked about Chez. max homa if he's missing greens that's gonna be a quick death for you yeah like, that's one of the things that you'll see with a lot of guys down here like the best player i guess Nas out uh, is Wyndham Clark. He's second in this field in strokes gained around the green. Then it's like McDowell at 30th. Everyone else is kind of a disaster down here, whether it's Kang, whether it's Lashley or Long or even J.B. Holmes to that effect. But Holmes is just one of these guys that can pop up out of nowhere and win. We know that. Yeah, Holmes, honestly, I should revise. And I, like I said, I'm not advocating playing him. Most likely I'm going to have zero. But you were saying Si Wu, you know, randomly come in top three. That's J.B. Holmes in a nutshell. He's awful. And then boom, Genesis, boom, random place. Uh, it may take a while, but he ends up pay- paying off here and there, even though I have no faith that he does it this week. All right. Maybe I will pivot off of Connors and go to Pan. We'll see. Yeah, that's maybe, right. maybe McDowell. I'm going to make a final conclusion on that. People can check out my cheat sheet up on DKPlaybook.com when that ends up coming out. Man, this is tough. Keegan, the defending champ of the BMW Championship? 
I see again a bitter bitter price point. Like Keegan screwed me last year in, in the golf final. Grio this year. Those two, I don't know. It's just so hard to trust those guys with the way they putt. Um, but I think Keegan's going to be somewhat, I don't want to say popular, but it's not like he's going to be sneaky. People see the ball striking and, and kind of naturally go to him. So I'm looking at it right now, Cameron Champ. Um, it's really funny to go look at his splits. So his average stroke game by round uh, in terms of how hard the course actually plays. On easy courses, he loses a 0.15 strokes per round. On average difficulty courses, almost over a half stroke per round. On difficult courses, he's gaining 0.4 of a stroke per round. In calm conditions, he loses strokes against the field. In moderate conditions, he loses strokes against the field. In windy AF, in conditions over 17 miles per hour, he gains a stroke on the field. All right. Well, so future British Open champ, Champ, Cameron Champ. Champ. There you go. That's what we're talking about. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll file that away. For when there's brutal, brutal, windy conditions. Uh, I don't think that's this week for champ. Yeah. All right, Ben Raza. It's been fun. I was talking to Feinberg yesterday. I think we've done every single tournament this year, which is shocking. I feel like I missed one somewhere, but I can't remember when it was. That's awesome. Yeah, you've been rattling them off. It's been a long year, a ton of fun. And as you said, just a minor break. And then we get a whole new class of guys hopefully hovland will be one of them to talk about in the swing season did you look anything at the corn Ferry tour this week the for the tour championship uh a little um you know just checking out some names and whatnot it do, do you think i know it's a totally random question you think hovland's gonna make it i think so like i actually i, I played some doubles with him brooks brooks jt I have doubled with Hovland to win, and I have Brooks and JT doubled with uh, Adam Svensson to win. And I actually bet Adam Svensson to win at 90-1 to 1 as well. With that Grayson's in there, isn't he? There's a whole bunch of guys I was like, oh, geez, Kevin Chappell? Like, Kevin Chappell's 55-1 to 1 to win the corner. The return. Yeah, like, if he's semi-healthy, besides Hovland, he's the best guy. Like, Kevin Chappell's 55-1. to 1. Christopher Ventura is 28-1. to 1. Yeah, I don't ace his brother, I guess. I, I uh... There's a lot of guys, obviously, that'll be there. Hopefully, some of my – I saw Lahiri has to get his – I'm praying he can get his card back. I'll miss him if he's thrown off the tour. A lot of a lot of names that we are somewhat familiar with vying to, to stay on tour for sure. Yeah, even, like, dropping down to this, like, 100 level. Like, David Hearn is 140 to 1 to win this. Like, why can't David Hearn win this? Maybe he will, yeah. And your fellow Canadian, why not? Where's Gim? Doug Gim? Like, Doug Gim played well at the Masters. He's 150 to 1 to win this. Gim Boo. Reaper, that guy. Oh, my God. John, uh-huh? I haven't heard of him in ages. He's 150 to 1. Like, these There's are so many. It's but, just... I just... I don't get how, like, like Alex Prue is 100. TJ Vogel. Oh, man. Remember TJ Vogel qualifying for all those events last year? Yeah, that guy's the Monday specialist. Um, hey. Where's Grayson? Grayson's like 55. Yeah, he's 55 Man. to 1. He's the same as Scotty Scheffler, Kevin Chappell, and Hollywood Hoagie. Sharma is in this field. He's 60 to 1. Lipsky. Like, Lipsky's a really good Euro player. Lipsky, that's right. My speed. I figured he would be uh, in the Czech Republic doing his thing, but I guess he's over here. Yeah. Maybe that's a bet? I don't know. Just feels like Hovland goes out and just crushes all these guys. Harding's in this field, too. He's 30 to 1. Well, that guy. Easy game when you can just 10 strokes putting every single week. Uh, but it's going to be fun. That That is... One of the benefits of swing season, if you have the time and you do the work, you can get an edge because people don't know who these new guys are and you can, you know, gain a lot of insight uh, from, you know, those early starts that we can take advantage of. Oh, Eric, straight out of Compton. How does this even work anyway? Is this like one event or is it like three events? How does, do you know? Are you kidding me? No, I literally no idea. I, I think it's a cumulative. Uh, it's kind of like the FedEx Cup, but if this is all completely wrong, just remember, I said I didn't know at the top, but uh, I think it's like that. And then, you know, the top 25, they get their cards and there's all extensions, though. There's I, I never know who's who's in and who's out with priority and whatnot. Well, considering I've been betting Adam Svensson on the PGA Tour at 110 to one, like for a month, I, I'm going to take him at 90 to one to win the Corn Ferry. Seems that sensible. seems wise. Yep. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's um, almost like I don't know who Harry Higgs is, but he has better odds than Grayson Murray. Yeah, that's a creative player. Is Bill Haas isn't over there, right? Bill Haas. No, he is Rest- not in. 
right. And speaking of another random question, I know just throwing this out. Where's Ben Martin? Another one of my favorites. I don't know. That is, is he just gone forever? I, I miss him. Ben Martin. He's in this field. He's 140 to one. Well, there. That'll be something I'll have to explore after the show. I don't know what he's been doing. I know he was hurt, but Bermuda Benny back in action. That's amazing. Who else? Tyson Alexander, 75 to one. Like it just is. Who? I don't know. The guy okay. who won the, one, the guy who won last week, Bo Hogue. He's 50 to one. Bo Hogue? Yeah. Okay. Then we got like the Duncans and the Harkins. They're all in here. Jagger, Ben Crane. Yeah. We, like, is that Zalateros? Is that how you say that guy's name? Oh, Will. Yeah, yeah that guy, the Wake Forest. He's Bill Haas alumni. Um, who else? What about Seamus? Oh, Power? He was. Yeah, Seamus, is, Seamus is 90 to 1. He's right by the bod, Hank Leboidia. Yeah. Leviota. Oh, man. I hope. I, I like Hammer and Hank, but just for the amount of times that I mispronounce his name, I kind of hope he doesn't make it through. Oh, yeah. That's that's a factor for sure. Um, like, does Hovland have to win in order to get in? No, no. Definitely not. I really should. When I say Google. definitely not, I think I don't think so. How do um, corn fairy playoffs work? No, I think he just has to come, you know, in the allotted amount of, of cards that they give out because he should he should get in regardless, but obviously they didn't count his amateur stuff and now they changed the rule. Yeah. <laughs> that that counts because that would have got him in. If he had Definitely. had a, if he had that US Open finish, that would have been enough points to get him in, like to qualify for a card. I still don't even know how that works. This is the wrong show to come to. Yeah, no, to don't. Obviously, I have no idea what I'm talking about with this stuff. I will say it definitely makes for fun betting, though. You, you've got me interested. Right after we end this, I'm going to go and take a look at, at some of these guys and try to take a couple stabs. Yeah, we got to play some. If if we do think that Hovland's like by far the best player in this field, you got to double him with someone. Oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna be running some doubles. Maybe I'll double them on the Euro side. Take oh. a couple guys from check. Did see what you, I can do. Did you look at all at the check? A little. I've been Matthias Schwab is just a it's a uh you know, it's on the EVR type. I'm just gonna bet him until he wins. I think he's gonna be great. So I bet him. Uh that's the only bet I've locked in. Bjork is over there. There's some players. Uh haven't haven't dug too deep. I believe the past four winners of this event all have the last name starting in P. I thought I read that. Well, so, so there that you go. Things. That's what you need to know. You got Pepperell. He's the favorite. Peters is 16 to one. Pavon, who I believe won last year, is 20 to one. And then you got really got to go searching for another three. Hayden Porches, 50 to one. Oh, that guy. Re- Ren- Renatu Patore is 80 to one. Oh, God. Dude, this, 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 gets, this gets down here. Oh, Mathieu Pavon is 125 to one. Gotta take one of these. Paul Peterson, 100. I think that guy's American, isn't he? Paul Peterson? He was, I don't know if he's American, but he was in an event over here recently. Maybe Wyndham? Maybe. He was de- yeah, he's he, definitely. Yeah, he was in the Wyndham. He came yeah. T36 at the Wyndham. Yeah. I was just like, oh, that guy's here. Um, is Kiefer playing? Oh, Maximilian? Yeah, my man. Let's see. Max uh max schmidt no only max oren and max schmidt are playing sad but yeah matthias schwab is a guy that i really think he's just he's getting closer hasn't obviously broke through that's coming though so i'll maybe i'll pair him up with one of these uh creative players and see what we can do yeah he's the same odds as victor dubasson this week oh boy i would would love to see a comeback from victor dubasson he had the best hair in the biz yeah, that guy's quality. I, I respect that. Um, yeah, maybe he'll get back in business. He also had one of the greatest shots ever in the match play out of the desert when they played at Dove Mountain. See, I don't remember that. He lost it. I think he came second to Jason Day that year. or He won the third place match, whatever it was. Anyway, Ben Raza, you'll be back for football, I'm sure. We'll do some swing season talk as well over the coming weeks. But tell everyone what's on the go over at awesomeo.com. Yeah, we are getting ready as you are. As you know, football is here putting out team previews, putting out season-long content in addition to all the DFS. Obviously, we got projections. We got articles. We got videos. Um, so it's just all systems go there. Obviously, baseball, golf, that stuff's not going away. But football is here, so stop on by. We'd love to have you in. ton of promo codes out there. Give it a try, and we hope to see you for football season and swing season, as you pointed out. Can you tell at least one promo code instead of there, uh, there's a lot? 
Yeah, there's, I'll just say promo code Jazzraz. That's the easiest one. There you go. Put that in 50% off your first month. Uh, give it a try. All right. Follow Ben on Twitter at JazzRazDFS as well. I'm Pat Mayo. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the PME. Become a member of Fantasy National. Play in the Pat Mayo Experience Open and get into them draws for the 20 DK bucks. Who couldn't use a Millie Maker ticket to week one NFL, all right? I got a ton of football coming up. We're not done with golf yet. We got the B, not the BMW. We got the Tour Championship next week, and that'll be a lot of fun. That's full-time football until the swing season starts at the Greenbrier like three weeks from now. Anyway, I'm Pat Mayo. Good luck this week. I'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.